Welcome to Startup Roast, Garage Society's podcast for the time-hungry entrepreneur. Today, I'm here with Bart, who I've known for quite a while now in the Hong Kong ecosystem, I think, where we met a long time ago back when Garage was just opening in 2014, 2015. Um, he's a, a man of many talents and involved in many uh, parts of the ecosystem, from uh, uh, mentorship to building his own business um, to running his own uh, meetup, uh, who we've supported here at Garage for a couple of years now, I think. Um, Microsoft Developers Meetup. Yep. Um, so Bart, um, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, let's get going. Sure. Yeah. Hi, James, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I've been doing uh, a lot in the web space uh, and, uh, as I came here to Hong Kong. Um, and uh, over the time, I started to get more involved in Startup Weekend and things like that uh, back in 2012. Uh, that's where I started to get to know better the, the community here in Hong Kong. That sort of also got my startup buzz going. Uh, and then I started to get more involved in going to meetups and uh, eventually now I start to organize my own meetups. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do these days. Uh, so what was the initial, uh, you mentioned the Startup Weekend in 2012. What was your initial, uh, why did you get involved with that? I think there's some people out there who they see lots of these weekend hackathons and activities and they're like, mm. oh, I, I can't contribute to that. I don't have any skills. I, I don't know what value I can bring to that. What, what kind of was your initial jump to get involved in Startup Weekend? Yeah, when I think actually back at it, it was at the time that I wanted to make a career change. Uh, I was doing at the time uh, IT management and I wanted to get back into the, the developer space again. I used to be doing a lot of web development before. Uh, my role kind of changed and I you know, wanted to get back on top of things because things move so fast in this yeah. industry. It's hard to keep up. And that's why I thought like, you know, I want to see what's out there, what other people are doing, um, get to know a bit better. And that, that actually got me going to mm -hmm. these, uh, yeah, the startup weekend. Did anything surprise you about the experience of one of those hackathons? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I met the, the, the business people and I'm using air quotes here. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was uh, yeah, quite interesting. Yeah. In terms of uh, packaging your ideas and thoughts and getting you to create them or like well it was more that you know I was used to, to true business people like mm -hmm. managers from from the company I worked okay. for okay and, and then, then I got to met sort of the what they now call startup hustlers maybe okay. hustlers <laughs> okay so what's what's the what's three three differences between a hustler and a <laughs> corporate business person then would you say um, I would say the hustlers are definitely more ambitious yeah um, they sometimes don't yet understand the true impact and time some technology might take mm -hmm. so but I think that's also really their strength as in you know, there's no bias yet. Yeah. Um, they really want to make a difference and, and want to get it going with people. Yeah. So it's it's very uh, very rewarding actually, I found also for me as a, mm -hmm. as a technical person being yeah. there, um, being, you know, really empowered to actually uh, start going and really yeah. getting good feedback as well, which is normally like hidden away in the meetings and, yeah. the, and the corporate speak, uh, so to say. Would you say that can be a good, um, a good push maybe for a technical person, this, uh, you know, the, the the typical uh, founder who's oh we, we can build this product in three months this is what the features are going to be here and I, I guess from maybe a more technical perspective you're like this is impossible we can't do this this is never going to happen um, but that push actually sometimes does make it happen um, the kind of ignorance around how long it does take to build mm. a product yeah I think a startup weekend can really make make a difference there that you really get to plan a bit ahead of obviously the startup weekend it's, it's only 72 hours I believe so mm -hmm. it's a really short period really to make some proper planning yeah. uh, but it does help to go within sort of a time pressure looking at these things oh what could it mean in the long run and uh, that's the moment when you really uh, start to focus more on the on the, the, the key things that you want to achieve 
which often, you know, over time might become diluted or you don't know what the vision is anymore. And within that weekend, you really have a better way of defining those things. Mm -hmm. And I find that to often be the case between, you know, business and technology, actually having a common way to define things, to agree on it, that really helps better um, to set timelines Mm -hmm. because, you know, things change. We all know that there is the whole agile startup, uh, you know, ways of Mm -hmm. working. And um, yeah, those kind of uh, events really help to sort of get an understanding of that. What does it mean? How do these developers think? Uh, how does the business think about these things as well? Equally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found that quite quite useful for you know having that better communication mm-hmm. with uh, with the business people, so to say. Did you uh, <laughs> did you win the? Um, one of the weekends I did actually, yeah. Yeah, I was in the, in the first group that was yeah. with uh, Film Scout. Uh, yeah. And what happens with, um, uh, you know, there's so much energy put into those weekends. What, mm. What's the typical, uh, like, what happens to that product or that idea usually that's, um, I mean, very often it's just since, since there is a nice project that I guess, mm-hmm. uh, people will use as something as an example of um, yeah. something they yeah. made. Yeah, I think it's, it's similar to startup statistics in general. Yeah. Some uh, some succeed, many fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so the project at that time that that's no longer around. Yeah. But I do know from other people and teams that that were that were there that actually continued on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 still very early stage, but it's also good to get to know people in the community. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to proceed with these projects, but yeah. already you make you know very long lasting friendships uh, yeah. there. Yeah, and you're. Uh it's a really good way to get experience and evidential work for your skill set, I guess, particularly if you're a young person and companies are asking you for X number of years of experience oh, before you've even left university. Yeah, yeah, it really helps you to start thinking out of the box. Yeah. So no longer thinking, okay, this is my job, this is how I do my things, this is the, the tools I need to do my job, but actually, okay, what is actually my my, uh, my qualities? How what, what what can I use transferable skills that mm-hmm. I can also apply yeah. in, in other companies? That, that really uh, becomes then more of a thing that you can realize and, and, and uh, see that those are the skills that you want to work on and yeah. develop further. Yeah, and obviously the working in a team, which I think becomes a key piece of working in any company. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's often kind of an oversight by a lot of uh, educational systems, perhaps, and you can have the great uh, the great grades and qualifications, but you need to work together with people yeah. to achieve things. In the yeah, and often, actually, that's a place where you actually get a voice. Yeah. So maybe you're a large company, you know, you don't, you're the small potato, essentially, you don't mm-hmm. really have a voice in, in the room. Yeah. But in these places, you really can bring up your ideas and, and, and and you know that the team actually focuses on those. Mm-hmm. Small potato. I've never heard anyone say large potato. What's the opposite of a small potato? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> just come to me just now. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, what sort of change have you seen in the ecosystem? I guess since you first started getting involved back in 2012, which is mm. six plus years ago now. And I mean, aside from the massive growth in workspaces and mm-hmm. organizations and corporates getting involved, yeah. um, how has you felt the general sort of uh, atmosphere in the... And, uh, yeah, that really happened around that time, right? Um, what I really started to notice was that more people were getting together. Mm-hmm. Um, so before there were not a lot of places where you could gather, especially you know, on the technology side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think meetups started to, to sprawl more places where you can go, where, where other people actually talk about how they experience things in, in their business. And um, yeah, I think there, that, that really started to grow and you would yeah. see more of them. 
Um, I think nowadays it's um, it's it's uh, yeah, there's quite a few meetups going around. What you actually see is that a lot of those people that have been going to these meetups start to know each other. Yeah. So you get sort of a core group. Uh, but there's still a lot of newcomers and outsiders, mm-hmm. and um, to them it it. it it's still very empowering to actually go to these places, especially now there are um, sort of core members as part of these groups, uh, because these people are used to the way how that works when you go to a meetup and, and network. It's not like really uh, just exchange business card kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. actually learning from each other, sharing things. Uh, it's not as scary as it as it might sound at first. Mm-hmm. And what was your sort of impetus between behind uh, Microsoft Developers Meetup? Um, where did the first gem of that idea. I, I think we met at the Hong Kong JavaScript meetup, which Kevin Blue used mm, to do. That's um, right, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if MS Devs was already going then or if it was... No, it actually, it started, uh, ooh, I have to think, a few years ago, I think mm-hmm. three years uh, by now. Uh, yeah. At the time, it was uh, with a group of friends that we started to talk about these things and mm-hmm. we said, we met one day for breakfast and said like, oh wow, okay, this is really nice. We were super energized mm-hmm. on talking about these things uh, outside of our, our, our work. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when we said like, hey, you know what, why don't we do this more often? And yeah. we thought of at first starting a meetup but you know getting this off the ground uh, it's not that you just say okay here we have a meetup and people will come yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had to start small so we started doing breakfasts yeah. in the morning um, and at that place it would be only up to eight people we had actually a restriction of saying only mm-hmm. maximum eight because yeah. that really would foster a conversation in a circle yeah. so that everybody would be involved mm-hmm. uh, meetups where things break apart into one-on-one conversations yeah. uh, work only if there's sort of critical mass yeah, yeah, that you have yeah. enough people so to blend to around exactly yeah. that it's not awkward to mm-hmm. mingle um, so that we weren't there yet at that point. Uh, it took us actually quite a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did as well was we said, okay, for the meetup, we actually require you to register. Mm-hmm. And that we'd also say, okay, what are your qualifications? Have yeah. you done, are you working with these technologies in mm-hmm. your daily job? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been quite good up until a point that we, that, that it really felt uh, elitist. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And we opened essentially then the doors. And now we see a lot more people coming in as mm-hmm. well because of that, that mm-hmm. it's really more open. Yeah. But it really, we really had to do that in the beginning in order to get that that critical core group going mm-hmm. so that the meetups are already kind of full uh, when you also see them on say meetup.com that's the platform that we yeah. use for it um, and yeah that's that's now attracting also more people and mm-hmm. so it's always more fun to come to these meetups because yeah. you know you have people to talk to yeah and uh, at what point did Microsoft kind of get involved because you're a, you're a Microsoft MVP right or, that's right yeah yeah, yeah it's um, um, the, they got involved uh, a bit earlier on. They reached out to mm-hmm. us to say, hey, do you need any support? Uh, yeah. So we got a, a sponsorship package from them mm-hmm. to provide food and drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really helped. That, yeah. that is just a nice icebreaker, especially if you, if you organize a meetup. Yeah. Uh, that's been very beneficial for us. Uh, around that time, we were also looking for venues and we're very yeah, happy yeah. that Garrett Society has been really helping us out mm-hmm. to, to have a place where yeah. we can uh, host these uh, events. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, after doing this for a while, uh, that, that MVP, what you mentioned, that is a, a, a community contribution recognition program from mm-hmm. Microsoft. Okay. And through our contributions in the community, doing talks, 
providing this platform for people to meet. Mm -hmm. uh, we also did other very other various other uh, things um, um, for myself. I did other conferences, mm -hmm. uh, conference talks, mm -hmm. uh, and that that then gave us that uh, that title. I say mm -hmm. us because there is another um, uh, MVP in yeah. our as in our mm -hmm. organizers group. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, if if you're into this uh, Microsoft technologies, mm -hmm. I would highly recommend to to share your experiences mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that also status allowed. Um, I think I, I went to one a while back where you had the Hololens, Hololens, Hololens. Mm. Yes. Um, I guess yeah. the connections through Microsoft allows you to bring some of these technologies to your Absolutely. community, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a good thing for organisers of meetups to start trying to build some of these relationships because it can really bring interesting content to your. Absolutely, yeah, and a lot of these other companies. If 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 there's somebody listening that is you know thinking of starting a meetup of their own, they have some connection with a technology company. Mm -hmm. A lot of these have nowadays uh, developer relations groups mm -hmm. and people that are actually go out there talk about their product. It's mm -hmm. not a salesperson. Let's yeah, let's yeah. be clear about that. Yeah. It's really a person who would uh, talk about how to use the product really in a helpful way mm -hmm. and also really to to close to say in our case developers yeah. how to utilize these technologies mm -hmm. and yeah those programs and those uh, those connections really help yeah great and uh, I guess for your position uh, with Microsoft developers meetup you've you know had a chance to see a lot of Hong Kong's tech talent come through mm. um, what are your thoughts on um, Hong Kong's growth in tech experience and some of the strengths and weaknesses mm. and um, how it might compare to what you're used to internationally. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I can add on to that, that uh, previously I was also uh, hiring people for my team. So I interviewed a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, from, from other companies as well. What I've been seeing a lot, and, and I see that every time at the meetup as well, um, there is uh, people that are really ahead of the curve, I would say. They mm -hmm. always follow the latest thing. They know mm -hmm. it's really an important thing to do if, you, mm -hmm. if you're in the IT industry, to keep ahead of the curve and yeah. know what's next. Um, that just doesn't just mean like the latest, greatest buzzwords mm -hmm. necessarily. It's really how you apply that in mm -hmm. your job. And I've also seen, uh, uh, especially here in Hong Kong, that uh, there's often employees at their job. They do their 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 job, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's restricted to that. So yeah. their their um, their their learning uh, is di dictated by whatever technology they're using at that time. Restricted the by the company's yeah. progress yeah. and, uh, and ability companies to are naturally slow, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they can't move so fast that yeah. that's more startup world. Mm -hmm. um, so you might not learn the latest and greatest there. Mm -hmm. So that's why these meetups are a great place to go out actually see and hear from others what is going on mm -hmm. um, so that then you can actually learn also about these new skills and, and even get more excited about it, right? Because yeah. you might see more opportunities on how to apply those things in your own job. Yeah. And that may well, you know, make your own job also more interesting. How, how do you not get overwhelmed by the speed and the amount of possibilities and change happening? Because I, I did computing A-level, I kind of thought about it and then I went into law um, I have a very, very base skill set, I, but I still find it quite interesting and fascinating to read about some of the change <laughs> in the flows and behavior and where everything's going. And I don't have a deep enough knowledge to be able to really dive into mm. it. So I can only imagine if you're someone like yourself, you could theoretically spend hours every day just oh, yeah. on top of things <laughs> trying to, you know, how do you balance that out with, like you're saying, is there sometimes it's almost a relief that your company says this year we're just gonna we're not changing any systems we're just staying here 
you have your little side projects and you take away because yeah. I feel it could be really overwhelming. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, developer fatigue. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Uh, where so many new things are happening that you just at some point go like, I don't know what to do anymore. And you really lose enthusiasm at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. Because it's too much. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes with, with experience as in how long you have been doing it, mm -hmm. especially if you haven't, haven't done it for more than, I would say, five years. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, I don't think you have seen yet that there is sort of a cycle to IT. Yeah. It's like um, every 10 years or so, there is a there's a sort of a revolution in the IT world. Think mm -hmm. about you know when the internet came to be, yeah. when mobile apps became a thing, mm -hmm. and now when we start to talk about VR and IoT yeah. kind of thing. So those are sort of the lapses that you really see, mm -hmm. and that's also sort of the pace that the companies follow. Mm -hmm. So if you really think about that that high level, that that gives a bit more ease, that yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. a bit slower than you mm -hmm. might think. Um, and it really also comes down to hearing from others, um, you know, how, how, how the pace is there. Because it's often that you get a bit of a tunnel view and because you're really focused on, on problem solving and mm -hmm. you do this all the time, that you can actually lose overview of what is happening. Yeah. And that's why, you know, going back to the meetups on that, if you go there, you start to hear yeah, these other perspectives yeah. and you start to see, you know, better where you fit sort of in that, in that cycle. Yeah. And, and that can be, uh, either comforting or it can still be overwhelming yeah. uh, but then what my recommendation is to, is to go with the flow um, see what others are doing uh, and and then at some point I think you will get to that that you start to see there are these cycles and that it's not always as fast-paced as it, as it feels. So is that um, you mentioned there five plus years and you, you know uh, your experience there shows you there's a bit of an old hand in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> sector um, You've mentioned before you're pretty interested in mentoring and uh, supporting people mm. now. I mean, you, 2012, you're in Startup Weekend, so that's a long time ago now. You've done it, you've, done it, you've run your uh, meetups. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on mentoring and how to provide value as a mentor? Right. Um, um, yeah, I think what, what I've seen is that there's a lot of uh, new people coming to the sector, which is fantastic, right? Especially because there is such a shortage of people. Uh, and, and what we talked about, that it can be overwhelming, especially if you're learning this, the learning curve has been very steep. Mm -hmm. When I got started, it wasn't that steep. Mm -hmm. right? So I had a chance to gradually get to know uh, to these things. And it's often been more of a hobby at the time, which yeah. I could you know, turn into a profession. Whereas nowadays, I think it's really instantly a profession. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why it can really feel overwhelming. And it really helps to have sort of a, a, a guiding hand to, mm -hmm. to wade you through all of these, these technology terms and, yeah. and where to go and what to do. Um, because there's, uh, in the tech sector, there's a lot of talk about, you know, technology X, Y, Z, uh, platform X, Y, Z, you know, which one to pick? Mm -hmm. How do you know? Yeah. Um, if you don't know, it really helps if you have a mentor to tell you, okay, what is kind of your interest? This is what you try to do. Are you trying to do, say, game development? Do you want to do web development? Do you want to do app development for, say, phones? Mm -hmm. The kind of different sectors and different uh, ways to go into. Yeah. And then uh, that, that uh, mentor can actually guide you into, okay, these and these are the techniques that you should learn. Because mm -hmm. the techniques are the most important. And that's often not easy to see through all the technology that's out there. Yeah. 
Um, and that, that's really where a mentor can help you indeed. And I think that's where, uh, what, what I, why I still like to organize these meetups because yeah. they do take effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but when you get to these meetups and you get to, a chance to meet somebody and, and they ask these kind of questions and mm -hmm. you can actually guide them and a few meetups later they come back and say, wow, you know, it's, it. it's, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's helping it's me a lot. and rewarding, particularly in such a fast-paced yeah. uh, ecosystem to have that kind of impact on people. Right? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, you touched there on you know how confusing it can be with the myriad different options. What are your thoughts on um, the development, particularly sort of web-based development, now that templating and there's so many uh, solutions available now for a small business where they don't need to go straight to the developer. They can use uh, a Squarespace tool. They can use Canva for design, mm. and they can. Everything's becoming very much like click and it'll make it. And yeah. uh, the, the the age of the developer is changing a little bit, and maybe the mindsets mm. of uh, um, sort of the average person that the, the the big deep tech technologies are where yeah, I see what you mean. Developers, yeah. mm -hmm. but a website people are like bing 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 I've got my website yeah yeah I think uh, for for newcomers to the industry they really have to think about product mm -hmm. development so what does the, the the client in that case need what are they uh, what are they actually building if it is something sort of that is over the shelf mm -hmm. like a website these days um, that's actually something that uh, a platform can really help with. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are certain things that you hit limitations there, and that's when you get into more customized yeah. works. Uh, but that's really then a specialty kind of thing. Um, if you look at other uh, companies out there these days, the startups, yeah. they, they tend to build an internet product. Yeah. So uh, this is something where you build it over time. It mm -hmm. grows organically, you build new features to it. So mm -hmm. it, it is much more larger and longer process to build something. Yeah. And uh, for that, that, that's where still a lot of skill is needed mm -hmm. and, and also that, that customized development because mm -hmm. those things you can't get off you the can't shelf. You can't get off the shelf, <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's in, I think it's interesting because um, it's going to be interesting to see the the value propositions that a developer brings to companies as more and more of these tool sets start uh, being made available. Um, even within e-commerce, and all the, there's so many options now available to a small business holder that mm. um, if we just take it back to the website, there was, a, there was a golden era where people could charge quite a bit for sort of putting together very simple websites. Mm -hmm. and, um, I think it's very interesting um, as technologies change how you have to almost reskill yourself if you're in tech, no? Yeah, yeah. Maybe one thing that I would want to point out is that um, that is very technology focused. Mm -hmm. What I really see where developers in in, in this. Uh, time and day can make a difference is to think along with the company. Mm -hmm. What do they actually want to achieve? What are the the goals of their uh, their their users, mm -hmm. right? And how and maybe user is a wrong word. If mm -hmm. you call your user a user, yeah. then you actually don't understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. What is their motivation to yeah. come there? Right? Is it a is it a somebody that's shopping? Mm -hmm. What what are they actually doing? Mm -hmm. And thinking along with the business like that, that becomes more and more important mm -hmm. because you want to iterate fast. Uh, that's really necessary these days. Um, so uh, focusing on that aspect of of, of the technology work mm -hmm. that can really get you forward in the future. Great. Um, what excites you about um, tech and development yourself? I guess um, we were talking earlier about you, you know, bootstrapping a company at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, is that in an area that you're particularly excited about and passionate about? I mean, it must be to kind of put your energy into that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What, what I've always been finding is that it's so amazing if you can actually build a product, something mm -hmm. that other people use. 
uh, it's it's that rewarding experience that got me into web development at first. Mm -hmm. The moment that I type some HTML together and yeah. then send it to somebody on, uh, on on their machine, and then it manifests mm -hmm. as this web page. And uh, these days, the the technology is advancing so much that these these things that you can create become you know amazing if mm -hmm. you think about what we will be able to do in the future with with vr and mm -hmm. ar mm -hmm. those kind of things we were only dreaming about like 10 years ago yeah. um so it's really exciting times and i think that's really what you always have to keep in the back of your mind why why are you doing it mm -hmm. and and what motivates you to do it and mm -hmm. yeah that's for me the thing being able to build these kind of things great and uh, how's your experience been over the last is it six months to a year that you've been uh, chipping away at your own project now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've been. Uh, it's been an interesting experience, especially mm -hmm. since I've been sort of uh, well bootstrapping the business. Mm -hmm. And I'm based the, based in Hong Kong, obviously, which is that's always right. a challenge. High rents. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So indeed, uh, it, uh, it it meant uh, using my savings money to mm -hmm. do this, uh, which meant also to to try to minimize the cost as, mm -hmm. as much as possible. Uh, I tried to do that in a normal way, so as cutting back on like expenses on you know uh, food, mm -hmm. travel, all mm -hmm. those kind of things, and uh, that that was okay for the first few months, mm -hmm. and then uh, I started to notice I really started to. Uh, distance myself from other people became yeah, very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very individualistic, yeah. very lonely. In fact, yeah. uh, and and that uh, that is one thing that I would say beware. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's very good to go actually to co-working spaces, talk mm -hmm. with other people in the industry. Don't mm -hmm. don't lock yourself down. Yeah, you get a laser phone and hiding. Just forget. Yeah, yeah. That that really doesn't work. You really need to get that feedback because once I started to actually talk to more people. Uh, uh, even with the very early stages, even though I wasn't proud of what I was showing, mm -hmm. but the feedback I got was surprisingly constructive, mm -hmm. and that really helped me to 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 pr proceed and progress much faster. Yeah. So that's definitely a thing that I would highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Also, it was a, an interesting experience to give up my daytime job to start working on this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to go that route. It's yeah. often uh, more safer to do it as a side project. Yeah. Uh, don't mm -hmm. underestimate estimate the time that it takes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think that it takes a year, uh, no, really not. Yeah. Uh, at least for a SaaS business, that's uh, mm -hmm. that's what I'm building. Uh, it's really at least two years. And even then, the question is whether you would break even. Yeah. Uh, so this, these kind of businesses that have a very slow organic growth mm -hmm. for those kind of things and you want to bootstrap it, um, I would suggest to just keep doing it as long as you can on mm -hmm. the site mm -hmm. until you actually start to see that, the, that, that you start to generate revenue mm -hmm. and then you can start to consider, okay, I really want to go full time. Scale this up. Yeah, because one thing I found uh, surprising for me as a, doing a lot of technology is that the moment that I had to, you know, focus on how the business is designed, is that uh, that takes a lot of uh, thinking time and time to discuss. And it's not that you go sit in the morning at nine and uh, you finish by six, which is not really a startup life. But <laughs> yeah. but say you would do it, mm -hmm. um, you're not gonna get the full hours out of it. It's yeah. not that you get an unproductive eight hours. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really not the same. Did you have journey tips for that productivity piece? What, what was your usual routine? Were you, uh, did you do the Murakami, you know, wake up, work early mornings, go for a two hour run, come back, 
I did actually do the morning routine, yeah. yeah, and I have to say it was very exciting because even if you just spend uh, one or two hours in the morning before mm -hmm. you go to your daytime job mm -hmm. on these kind of things, mm -hmm. uh, you really get an ener energy bus to from it. To take you into the work day, yeah. Absolutely. And you take it actually with you. So mm -hmm. I found uh, actually that even though I was thinking it would take more effort to, to, to do this in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, I actually got way more things done during the day because yeah. you have that energy bus. Whereas if you try to do it in the evening, you're already, you know, yeah. winding tired, down, tired. People yeah. can still, I think there's a lot of stuff around those early morning hours. Most people aren't online. You get a bit of quiet time. The, the whole world's kind of at slumber. And it just it seems to be a bit more space in the air for you to kind of think through things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how is that project going? What's your, what's your kind of goals for that project then in the next six months to a year? So now the realization is what I what I want to have as an MVP, so mm -hmm. the minimum viable product, what is the minimum functionality that I can do. Mm -hmm. I also found a good target audience that I can work with to uh, to actually uh, launch the project with. And now mm -hmm. I start to see through connections that they can refer me potential clients, I have leads, mm -hmm. I can now talk to them yep. and actually uh, see how they are utilizing the product. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important that you really know, okay, you have a small target audience what mm -hmm. you can with whom you can work with and yeah. get going. Uh, I think that's more important than uh, in the case of bootstrapping yeah. than just going after the entire market. Yeah, yeah. It's it's too overwhelming yeah. and it's it's um, it's uh, uh, you get overwhelmed that's essentially. Is this, yeah, you don't know where to go, where to look. And exactly. You can't iterate on the ideas because there's too many different feedbacks coming through. Um, so you talked there about um, growing the product and uh, working with some small groups. What are your what are your thoughts on um, you read a lot of literature and articles online around building startups that mm. really it's a sales game. Once mm -hmm. the actual tech's built or the product's built, you become a salesperson. Um, and you mentioned there you're starting to pull leads in. Mm -hmm. um, what's your experience been with that part of the whole puzzle? Right. Because um, I think that's a challenge often for a lot of people. They build something amazing, they think it's great, they've got great feedback from everyone and then like, oh now I need to Yeah. How well, here's the fun thing, right? So I read those books that are that are you know the way how to go, mm -hmm. uh, and on day first I start and I got writer's block. Yeah. I just didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. I knew the the methods how to sort of do, but once you really get going, mm -hmm. you know, just same like when you try to write a book, you just don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't materialize. Mm -hmm. uh, one book I found super useful was uh, the Lean Playbook, mm -hmm. which helped to set step by step where you should get started, where you, you go forward. Mm -hmm. And another book, uh, Traction, was very useful, mm -hmm. where um, uh, the balance I really found now is 50-50, is mm -hmm. uh, where you have to spend 50% of your time just working on traction, mm -hmm. which means how do you actually reach out to potential customers? Do mm -hmm. you know where to go? Where are they? Mm -hmm. Where are the people that have that problem that you try to solve? Yeah. Where are they going to look? Yeah. Right? Or, and that's where you want to be. If you mm -hmm. don't know that yet, mm -hmm. then you still have work to do to find that out. Yeah. Because if you just build it and think they will come knocking at your door, that really doesn't it's work out. Right? <laughs> uh, what was your discovery then from uh, trying to explore and find where people were going to be looking for your product? What's the because I think uh, a, lo a lot of small businesses will, oh, we'll pop some ads online, we'll do this, mm. we'll do this. It's all pay to play to some extent. But yeah. I think at an early stage, it can often be building partnerships and finding where these communities are to get those initial first 
Yeah, what I also found is that if I talk to, uh, so I offered people to say, um, uh, I can help you out with my solution, which mm -hmm. is uh, web performance. So I tell them, you know, I can help you out to improve the speed of your website. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do it together. And then I would ask them, like, what, what would you do now already? What have you done before? Uh, and then they would tell me very honestly how they would think and even go about it. Mm -hmm. And that was so valuable for me, even though I would need to help them out, obviously. Yeah. But uh, to know how they're thinking, were um, because then I started to know where these places were indeed and uh, there were um, places that I actually didn't expect <laughs> yeah. where people would go yeah. and uh, think of things like um, uh, forums or things like that you mm -hmm. know where would you go to search and yeah, yeah places, and find places. you're building this in Hong Kong but your your market is global right so you're looking beyond mm -hmm. um, so what what was the most receptive areas there to the business or are you you putting a lot more energy into looking internationally than looking specifically at Hong Kong with this company? Yeah, for this company also because I'm focusing on English speaking mm -hmm. uh, markets. Yeah. Um, that's why online would be the easiest mm -hmm. for me to, to go. Yeah. Um, I've also been finding uh, that <clears throat> going to conferences mm -hmm. and um, uh, places where people gather in the industry yeah. um, that that really helped a lot as well to find mm -hmm. out where things are are, are going on mm -hmm. so in my case for instance in London yeah. uh, there's a big web performance community mm -hmm. a lot more mindset around this to do yeah. it and also more willingness to talk about these things yeah. which really helps to sort of understand what it also could be like in other places mm -hmm. and how to engage uh, potential leads and customers there yeah are there any any thoughts on uh how web performance might filter through Hong Kong websites and uh, particularly government institutions and others. I think I moved here four or five years ago and it was pretty dated. Mm -hmm. It seems the banks particularly have been picking up a little bit of steam recently, mm -hmm. um, running out new sites, new apps, but there's still a lot of really old legacy sites out there for a lot of functions in Hong Kong that are really in need of updating, but mm -hmm. it doesn't seem that anytime soon they're going to be doing... Do you know gov UK and the, the UK yes, website, yeah. the one mm -hmm. lot of awards around very simple clean oh, UI UX. Yeah. Um, if you try to find out your tax bills or anything in Hong Kong, it's just a, a wall of GeoCities flashing gifts and things happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on sort of the behaviour around web um, web design and, and language, um, starting with what we have here in Hong Kong and then where it's going, I guess, in the future and what, what you're excited about, how we're going to interact online. Mm. Yeah, this, this we're really talking about digital transformation here. Mm -hmm. and, and this is really a topic these days because a lot of companies sense that they are getting outdated. But indeed, how would you switch over? Right, uh, it's almost like you had that old computer mm -hmm. uh, running Windows Seven or something yeah. like that, or maybe even XP, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, all these newer versions have been around. When are you making the jump? Mm -hmm. um, it's often that uh, through little things that you actually start to get used to these new things. So think about when you actually got at that time uh, your mobile phone, mm -hmm. and that mobile phone was actually where you could get some really nice new experiences and the mm -hmm. modern experiences. And then you could start to compare, okay, now I start to see the value of that yeah. because you first have to make that case that it's worthwhile to make mm -hmm. this, this big transformation. Um, so in, in, in those kind of companies, it would be good to experiment with first, maybe with smaller uh, websites so mm -hmm. that you would do the transformation there, see indeed the feedback, get familiar with the process mm -hmm. because then it's no longer such a daunting task to to then switch over more parts of the legacy yeah. uh, systems because mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it will feel so dangerous to make that switch. Right? Yeah. And once you get used to doing that gradually, I think that's the way to go. And where do you think that next, like, uh, I mean, 
we kind of grew up in that moment. I had the had a dial-up modems. Then it was you had like your phone. You could play Snake on your Nokia thirty two ten, and then suddenly you had a browser in your phone, and you could kind of go on the internet, but it was a bit slow and useless, and you kind of didn't bother. But then there was the, you know the watershed moments with the, the. I think I had a touchscreen phone before an iPhone, actually, some old Samsung thing that had a very weird feedback to it. Yeah, but. What do you think the next, I think watches and wearables were supposed to be that next moment where it really mm. changed how we interact, but it feels like there's not really been, uh, and AR, VR is fun, but it's not something still, it's kind of a, a theme park experience still a little bit. Mm -hmm. What's going to be that next moment, um, always very hard to predict, that you think is going to start changing how we really interact from a day to day? Mm. Um, I think we're really at the verge now of, of IoT really becoming uh, an adoptive thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not the IoT that we think of when we hear the word. It's yeah. it's embedded in these other things and places. Mm -hmm. um, that whenever you go to a building and you go to a directory there, mm -hmm. and it's actually an electronic directory, mm -hmm. and the electronic directory gives you much better mm -hmm. indications on where to go than you, yeah. than you previously had. Yeah. And other devices that you use uh, and start to buy that they get smarter. Mm -hmm. Think about say your your air conditioner or the yeah. air purifier that that gets more knowledge of yourself, mm -hmm. right? So that they know that whenever you come home or in the mm -hmm. room that they start acting. Mm -hmm. um, so those kind of things, I think that's really where for us personally, as as interacting with technology, where we mm -hmm. start to see more uh, more things as they become more commonplace now and yeah. also cheaper to produce. Right? Yeah. Previously, it was a bit of a gimmick, a new thing, but now we really start to see actual applications that mm -hmm. are really useful for us. And once that becomes like commonplace for for more uh, for more products like that, mm -hmm. I expect we will really see that uh, to boom. Yeah, I think it's it's building those behaviors, isn't it? Into your, I wear this. I've got like a heart rate thing on my watch now, and it mm -hmm. just becomes part of the norm. If you quickly check that, you you see, and it's always on you. Um, and I guess it's once those behaviors change, we start. Um, seeing the impact they have because I think phones have obviously had quite a big part to play in the last mm -hmm. five ten years and um, a, a lot of what's happening now with tech we're not really sure what the long term oh absolutely I, yeah. I definitely yeah. feel well we start to see things uh, yeah. right um, uh, I'm sometimes joking that we have a bit of a, a zombie apocalypse here happening mm -hmm. in Hong Kong yeah uh, when you look at people walking on the street just only looking at their phones yeah uh, it can feel like quite a lonely place when you see that happening out in public yeah um, I think that's really something that we become aware of mm -hmm. and so similar to what I mentioned before with the IOT things uh, we often think of that as just measuring, right? Mm -hmm. Getting data. Mm -hmm. But what do we really do with the data? Mm -hmm. That's actually what you see now with more uh, technology companies, especially on phones, that they actually start to give you statistics on, okay, this is how much time you actually spend yeah, on using yeah. these technology pieces and mm -hmm. maybe you should limit it yeah. right and we, we still make it uh, voluntarily mm -hmm. uh, but you can even now that's the some new, there's a new app isn't there on the iPhone right yeah the can, iPhone you can switch um, off it gives you yeah, limits and, to your app usage and indeed yeah the operating systems of, of the mobile devices mm -hmm. so Android and, and iOS they now start to implement these things yeah. in in the actual software right um, to help us actually manage our digital lives almost. <laughs> they're almost, did you feel they're, they're almost paying lip service to some of the press that's out there rather than, uh, is, is, the, is it founded on solid research? They're sort of like, you should only use Instagram for one hour a day, only use these apps for a few, or is it, is it more of a, hey guys, here it is for 20, 30 years, that, well, we had this option that you could limit use of your phone. We didn't know that everyone was going to end up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think they, they're becoming aware, the technology companies mm -hmm. are becoming aware of the true impact on, yeah. on society, right? And how it's really changing. Uh, and, and they are the only ones really capable of changing that as well, right? They introduced 
the problem, mm-hmm. and they are also the only ones to to solve it. And if you think about it, in their true interests, if they can get you glued to that screen even longer, yeah. you know, they get a better brand, if you will, right? Yeah. But if people start to associate it with um, actually uh, getting more depressed or not mm-hmm. getting enough out of it or yeah. really feeling um, uh, disconnected from the rest of the world, mm-hmm. uh, that's now why these companies are starting to to focus on, on you know, getting the humane aspect back. Yeah, I, I definitely feel myself that I still read, but it, you get that little buzz in your brain of you're always needing no- notifications and checking things, and yeah, the, maybe the there's some email there. there. <laughs> maybe there's the gamification of everything. Can I can only Absolutely. imagine that as someone younger who really grow, grows up with a fully gamified life in all aspects, how that's going to impact and influence uh, their careers, their relationships, their family life, their personal life. Yeah. Um, well, I would say ask any parent uh, whether they've noticed that their kids can find that skip uh, skip button for the Google U- uh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube uh, ads uh, very quickly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like one of those tests for monkeys. Um, so to, to end on a slightly more positive note, what are your hopes yes. uh, and thoughts for, for the next couple of years uh, in tech and uh, where would you like to see uh, particularly, say, the Hong Kong startup ecosystem going next year? Mm. One thing that I really noticed is that uh, tech is getting a better name. Mm-hmm. Um, so more uh, students going into tech, they see it's actually an, an interesting industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also paying well, so you don't need to go the traditional banking or lawyer route anymore. Um, so yeah, I really encourage that too for students to really think on what impact that they can actually bring to this world. And technology is really where we're making you know the biggest advancements so I really recommend to to check that out more and I think with that with more people helping us build building better products uh, we'll have a better life as well it's a very nice thought to end on there Bart um, <laughs> thanks for joining me today when's the next uh, MS Dev meetup and if someone wants to find you you just search MS Devs pretty much on the yeah on, the, on meetup is the best place yeah. to check out uh, we have one coming up tomorrow so that's okay. probably uh, too soon before this will yeah, air yeah. Uh, but we try to do it every month or so and uh, we keep going in getting these meetups out. Great, well all the best for the next year and uh, thanks for joining us. Cheers.